Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. Wow, okay, you are in for a really big treat with this episode. So Kyra is absolutely incredible. The story of how I found her is pretty cool. So she was actually in a Facebook group that is mine and Jordan Lee Dooley's called Believers in Business. She posted what she does and I, I immediately reached out and I was like, um, hi, can I know you? And so she came on here. This podcast episode acted as a bridge. I have now become her coach. She has done some incredible things. She, like, ed- an editor from Vogue England, like, reached out to her. She is just at the starting point of what she is building. It is just permeated with so much purpose and love and history. And this is a woman who will truly change the world. So please enjoy this and support her because she is someone that is so easy to rally behind. Hello, and welcome back to the Ride Up Your Alley podcast. I am pumped for today's episode. I'm sure you know from the introduction that you just heard that we have a boss here with us, ladies and gentlemen. I am obsessed with the line that she's created. I'm obsessed with the integrity and the story in her business. And I think more than that, I just love her heart for God and who she is. So Kyra, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. Oh my gosh, of course. We're so excited to have you here. So first of all, I want to just jump in and learn about you, about where you're from, your background, and then I want to hear about the business. But first, I have to know, who are you? What are you made of? All of that. I am Kyra, like we just said, but I am from Houston, Texas. I'm from a suburb right outside of Houston called Missouri City. H-Town, born and raised. I guess I'm second generation Houston. My dad was raised here as well. And I went to college in Houston. Uh, I love my community. Um, I got to grow up just in like a really cool, diverse place that just taught me a lot. So I got to take that on to college. And during college, I would work at retail stores like most college kids. I was working at places like Abercrombie and Hollister. And while I was working there, I just had like a love for fashion. But I went to school to actually become a pastor. And (laughs) that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to school to become a pastor. I got saved when I was about right like three days after my 15th birthday. So like freshman year of high school. 
And I was just one of those kids who's just on fire. And different things were happening. Like I was starting prayer groups at my high school and all these things. And it just looked like, God, I want to like serve you for the rest of my life. That was like the goal. And I just, at that time, it was the first time me finding something that I was really passionate about, which was sharing his word. So I went to school, started off with a major in theology, got in the classes, not sure if I like theology the way I thought it is. <laughs> Very valid. Also. Yeah, <laughs> like taking Hebrew and things like that. And it was just so funny. I just didn't feel like I fit. And I couldn't figure out a way to fit. And I went through this whole season of it's like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be in school. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, which is so funny because now my advice to college kids is always like, don't be afraid to change your mind. So I'm very good advice too, because I needed that really badly in college too. That's powerful. Yeah. Because you think you change it and you think everything's over. Now I can't be who I'm supposed to be in. Of course, we know God has other things in store. So I end up changing my major. I take a class only because it's a requirement. It was like, I can't remember if it was Western Civ. That might have been it. Maybe like Western Civ 2 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so one of my friends who lived on my floor, we just would take our classes together, like our basics. And so she pointed out one that fit both of our schedules. And so we just signed up for it. I don't even remember if we looked up the professor on Write My Professor. But later on, I remember her telling me, she's really hard. Like, everyone's saying she's really, really hard. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, um, I don't know if this is a good idea, but here's the catch. I had always loved history, but, like, I had never connected it to, like, this is something you could do because mm -hmm. my mom was a teacher and she taught, she's actually just a year out of retirement. She taught for 40 years. And so I knew how hard teaching was outside of, like, the classroom. Like, it's not one of those jobs where you leave and, you know, you come home and it's done. It's a full, it's a ministry. That's what it is. Oh, it totally is. My mom is a teacher too. And the the things that she taught me now being, you know, a Christian woman, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's an angel. All of them are, right? Yeah, they are. And they work super, super hard. So, which is great, but you have to make sure that's what you want to do. Yep. Because like you, like I don't have kids yet, but when I have kids, I want them to have a teacher that is in her call, in her passion, in her purpose. So I didn't feel passionate about teaching. And so like I get into this history class. First off, the teacher's not a woman. She's a man. Like, <laughs> and she is, he is super hard, but he's also really funny. And so it ends up not being hard for me. Like I end up getting like an A in the class and, you know, I'm just like, okay. And so he, I can't remember. I think I walked in one day and he was talking to another student about how a history degree can take you anywhere. And so I said something in terms of like, well, like, what if I don't want to teach? And he's like, you don't have to teach like with a history degree. And I'm like, well, what do I do with it? Because, you know, in college, you, everything is like, how can I use this to become successful? Like when I leave here mm -hmm. and he's like, it's what I choose tells me if I'm successful or not, too. That's that lie and that story we tell ourselves. Right. Oh, I can't do history. I can't pay for my food. You know, it's this whole thing. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I just had this fear I was going to be like some kind of starving historian. I don't know. And so, <laughs> and, and so I end up like meeting with him and like having him talk to me a little bit more about the degree plan. And 
what it would look like for me afterwards. Because at the time I was actually, I was my high school's yearbook editor. And so I knew how to take pictures, but I was so stressed out from that time that I had taken a break from pictures. So it was just like, I don't want to take any at all, but I was getting back into it. And the cool way that God had like aligned it all was that he was a photography major in college. (laughs) And so he switched to history. And so he was telling me, you know, like how I could actually like use my degree. But the thing that he said that like sticks with me to this day is that he said, Kyra, this is a degree that will teach you how to think. And Mm -hmm. if you learn how to think, you can do whatever you want. That's true in life too. Whether you have a college degree or not, if you learn how to think, then you can think your way through a lot of things other people aren't even open to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he told me that and it just, it changed everything. And for me, it just began to be a thing of God helped me do this right, kind of, because I had to build confidence in it because I didn't know I was going to do it. And I felt like I got into these classes with these kids who like knew all this stuff. And I just didn't feel like I fit. And on top of that, I'm the only African-American history major. That's crazy. That's, yeah. I studied political science, and so and I'm from Kentucky, so mm-hmm. I so I was in a lot of history classes, and I always would look around. I grew up in California, so I was very like aware, and was always like, "Why is it all white kids in here?" <laughs> you know. So wow, you really blazed the trail with that. I guess accidentally, yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Usually, the calls that God has for us are the ones that we're unaware of until we're halfway down the trail, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was exactly that. And I didn't face any hard like racism or anything like that. It was mostly just knowing that you're different. Yeah. And and not really like someone might say something and not think about you being there. And for the longest time I wasn't learning well, let me not say so it wasn't until I got to college that I learned black history in college. Because all through school, Everything I knew came from my parents. My mom was like an avid documentary watcher. She's always watching the biography channel. And so I picked up from her. My dad was always reading. So everything I knew came from home. But I didn't get anything really out of the education system. And I think that was another reason why I really didn't want to teach because I was just like, I can't imagine teaching and leaving a whole group of people out. And so like in college, I got to, I remember like my first U.S. history class, like we talked about Malcolm X. and it was, I think we read Malcolm X and Mar- a book about him and Martin Luther King or something. And like that blew my mind. And so I'm getting like pieces of black history for the first time. And so amazing, even got to learn a little bit about Latin American history, which I knew nothing about. So I super loved. And so I leave college, graduate with this history degree. And it's like, okay, I start applying because I still love ministry for uh, pastor jobs. And I actually get denied from one that I really thought would work out because they already had a girl on staff. And it was such a blow to my confidence. I didn't know what to do next, like at all. I was just sitting around like, okay, God, like if I'm not supposed to, I'm applying at different churches. I'm not supposed to work at this church. Like I don't want to teach what is there to do. And so I go back to like kind of the only job I knew at that time, fresh out of college, I started working at a clothing store again. I started working at anthropology, actually loved it. And it it bought me so much joy in a dark season. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good place to find joy in the volcano candles (laughs) and the pretty textures. (laughs) It was a, it was, it was definitely a blessing. And so getting to work there and, you know, picking up so many little things, I realized how much I liked like, 
finding out what was coming in new and doing packaging for customers. And I just enjoyed customer service. Like my favorite moments were when someone came in looking for a dress and I could find them that exact dress or something wasn't in the store and I could find it in the stock room. And those were just things I always enjoyed about working retail. And so I stepped away kind of like when my hours went down, it didn't make enough sense. And so step away, still not really knowing what I'm going to do. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I am supposed to teach. I don't know. And during that season, I'm serving at my church in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And I start leading a young adult women's life group. And at my church, oh, I go to Lakewood. And so <laughs> love Lakewood. Yeah. Yeah. So at my church, the way that our life groups would work is you go to a life group first. And I went to one right out of college and it allowed me to find like a community that really like changed my life. And so within the life group, they ask you to be a life group leader when they think you're ready. So I got to become a life group leader. I went to life group class and then they had me take a strengths test and had my co-leader take a strengths test. They end up connect connecting us to lead together, which was amazing because we were the same age at the time we drove the same car. And so we started leading together. She's into media. She runs the cameras and things at the church. Mm. So we are leading like this life group of like strong girls and it's amazing. She gets elevated. And she says, hey, I got this job. Would you like my old job? <laughs> and so I say, oh, okay. Like, what, what, what do you do at your, you know, at your, your old job or whatever? And she explains to me that she did the media there. I work for a school district. I do the marketing and like all of those things. And I'm like, okay, never done marketing. But... <laughs> Google's how to market. <laughs> yeah, never done it at all. Prior to her even saying anything, I had connected with a therapist at church who asked me what I help her with photography and videography, had done photography, had never done videography, learned it and did it for her. And that was my only experience with videos. And so my friend is saying, yeah, you just do videos and pictures. And I'm like, great. I have the resume for that. I do not. <laughs> That's awesome. You just decide though, right? That's half of it. You're like, yep, yeah. here I, go. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's going on right now in this season. I don't have a job. So yeah, yeah. Like I like to do your job. And the cool thing about it is she talks about her boss quite a bit, but I don't know who her boss is. I find out her boss is the same lady who interviews me to volunteer for youth ministry. Like, <laughs> no, that's incredible. Yeah. So I started working there. I learned marketing and videos. And like, sometimes my boss would ask me to do things I really didn't know how to do it. It was a lot of like stress crying and all of that. But I learned it all. And all of this is just like coming together because I think I can't I think I start working there about 2017. And that's also when Hurricane Harvey hits Houston. And so Harvey hits were off work for like a week or so. And during that time, I'm figuring out like I'm working this job, God, but I know this is not where I'm supposed to stay. This is something you want me to get out of right now. Mm -hmm. And so because I still I have this heart to like to speak to women, I have this heart to do these different things. And so during that time, I get a break from like my astronomical student loans because of me being in like a disaster area which was just something they did. We were blessed enough not to have like a ton of damage or anything. So I get this break from my loans and I'm like, okay, I'll save this money. What do I do with it? And so I pray about it and it's like, okay, I've always had this love for like fashion. 
So I'll take a class, just a class. That's it. And I really wanted to take something more like, I don't know, I guess I saw myself as like Project Runway, like I was going to cut up some stuff and make some dresses. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but none of that like worked with my schedule because I still had to go to class like after work. And so I ended up just taking that intro to fashion class. Like no big deal. Like I'll just learn a few things. And this particular class was pretty cool. I took it to like our community college downtown. And it's pretty cool because this class, we visited eight different businesses, small fashion businesses to see how they started, what they did. And everyone just kept saying, like, the key is just to start. Amen. <laughs> like, just start, just start. And I'm thinking, okay, great. And one of these uh, businesses we visit in particular, they're looking for someone to kind of help style their mannequins. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I, and it's a young girl who's the manager. Uh, and so I talked to her and I'm like, I would actually love to do that. That was like one of my favorite things to do at all my retail jobs. And so she says, I'd love to have you. Like, I love giving people a shot. And communication just breaks down. She never really gets back to me. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking forward to it. And so I was just like, okay, well, that's something that went out the window. And then just like this small like thought goes in my head maybe I'm supposed to be styling my own clothes. <laughs> and I think it's just like, it's like, no, as soon as it goes through there and I say it out loud and me and my mom are in the car and she's like, no, I think you are too. And it's wow. just kind of like, are you sure? And the only thing I can compare it to is when the angel shows up to Gideon and mm-hmm. says, uh, you know, calls him Gideon, you mighty warrior. <laughs> To me, my translation is Gideon is like, who are you talking about? But it's this little thing inside of him that knows it's him. He's mm-hmm. never seen it. He's never been it. But he knows it's who he is. And yes, so, girl, that's freaking powerful. Yeah. And so that was kind of like my moment of like, okay, but like, I don't really, really know, like even what the first step is. But the um, lady who was teaching my class, she had like a t-shirt business, which was also, she had apparel and t-shirt, but she had figured out that her niche market, because she was Nigerian, so she sold shirts with like a lot of Nigerian sayings and stuff. She realized she was selling out of like her t-shirts because there was more of a niche there than it was with like, just like her wholesale like apparel. Mm -hmm. And so she had just gotten more into that. And I thought, well, I really like clothes. I don't even know if I like love t-shirts a ton. I don't even know what I would put on them. But it was a thought that I could start there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's something I could I could start doing. I could come up with designs. And I don't know exactly like how it kind of all panned out. When I was in middle school, girls were wearing shirts, and they still are, with like Marilyn Monroe and Audrey Hepburn. So I love Audrey Hepburn and I love Marilyn Monroe. But I didn't see any shirts with like with like black women on them. Mm-hmm. And and it was I think it was my early like holy discontent with like why do I not see myself in these women so I had always kind of felt that way I had gotten a shirt made for like I think one of my birthdays that had Rosa Parks on it because my birthday is the same day she sat on the bus Mm. but not to sell just you know just like a fun like let's take a picture this anniversary that kind of thing and I never knew if anyone could be interested in it the way that I was And so Resilient Grace was pretty much born out of this desire to see me, Mm -hmm. but also this desire for little girls like me to see themselves. Mm -hmm. 
and to know like you know we're, we're all looking for an inspirational story like we we love to see women win because it reminds us that we can win too mm -hmm. and so i coming from an african-american family like i knew people like my great-grandmother who valued education so much but had to stop going to school in eighth grade because she had to raise her siblings and things like that and i thought to me like that's what i want to see on the cover of a magazine and so when i thought resilience i thought about her i thought about people like rosa parks and things like that and mm -hmm. i wanted something that could honor them in ways that i hadn't seen them honored and so i start resilient grace thinking that the resilience is about you know them people of the past and inspiring women today i had no idea which i'm sure you know like being a small business owner, how hard it is to be resilient yourself. And it's not always like a cute story. Like it's no. <laughs> it's messy, you know, people and people, there's no disclaimer. You'll hear it. That's not true. You know, I was thinking about that the other day and I was like, I think a lot of people stood on the stage in front of me while I was considering being an entrepreneur and were like, it's not easy and you might hear it, but until you're in it, <laughs> it doesn't, fully makes sense and then you're in the conundrum and you're like oh so this is this is what they're talking about huh <laughs> yeah that exact thing and it's like and you know like i said you hear inspiring stories and you're like that could be me and then like you really start like going for those dreams and you're like confused on why it's so hard <laughs> and I say it all the time, but like, there's always a fight before there's a win. Before a victory, there always has to be some type of war. Like we hope it's as small as possible, but there's always, you know, something as we like make our way uphill. So I started the business. The first shirt I created is the Stay Resilient shirt. And it is a picture of Elizabeth Eckford walking to school. And there are a lot of angry people behind her, a mob. And I had just always been fascinated with that picture. I didn't know much about it. Like, it was a big deal. Like, during that time, I think it was on the cover of Time Magazine or something like that. Yeah. And I just was in awe of her because, like, she's not in tears. <laughs> and so, resilience, like, her. Like, that, that's all I could say. And so, the Little Rock Nine, they were nine students that were picked to integrate Central High High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Now, this is happening in 1957. In 1954, Brown versus the Board of Education passes and it's no longer legal to segregate schools. But the South really doesn't want to get on board with that because they've been living this way forever. And so what, ha what ends up happening is the NAACP comes up with this plan to gradually integrate the high schools. And the way they do this is they pick nine students, excellent honor roll students, so there wouldn't be any, like, these kids aren't as smart or anything like that. And they choose these kids to integrate this high school. And so the first day they go to school, they decide on a place to meet up. Now, the girl on the shirt, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Eckford, she is one of the nine. And the reason why she's by herself is because the night before, they decide to meet somewhere else so that they can all walk into school together she doesn't have a house phone. Wow. So she shows up to school by herself and she's met with that mob on the shirt and she's walking into school and she walks, the National Guard has been called, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she's walking to the school 
and she sees the National Guard and she thinks they're going to help her, but they're there to keep her out. Yeah. And so the shirt for me is, and you know, I look at her and I'm thinking like, she's this strong woman, like she's brave and she's bold and she is, but she's really not too different from you and I. Yeah. She's shy. She didn't have the type of personality that would fight back with these people. Yeah. And so and she's she, alone. Yeah. She's by herself. So she ends up getting on the bus and she goes home. Eventually they try again. I think like the president's called and everything and they eventually get into the school. And it is, it's, you know, it's not a happily ever after in the sense of like they get in the school. Now they can go to school. You can imagine it's only nine of them Yeah, and, and what they experienced. But what they did is the reason why our schools are integrated today. Mm-hmm. They sacrifice so much. And with Elizabeth Eckford, you rarely hear her name come up. Most yeah. people don't know her. And so, you know, of course, it's like my dream to meet her. But just to, I wanted to do something to just to honor something. She didn't set out to be a hero, but she is. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of like, I had the idea for her shirt immediately. That That's where it kind of all started. And it's powerful. I know. I'm like, it. it's so emotional you know you posted in our believers in business facebook page and i'm from you know i'm from california originally i lived in monterey before i moved to kentucky and then you know was integrated into that school system and like i'm a i'm a white girl (laughs) blonde and you know like i have big boobs so like people think i'm stupid but you know i don't have i don't face what you face And I took, so I studied political science in college, and I took a class that changed my life forever called Civil Liberties. And we went through some of the largest Supreme Court cases in our nation's history. And most of them were around racism and integration and fighting for it. And, you know, went all the way up to the most recent, which is, you know, making gay marriage legal. And we went through all of those and to strip away the case and to show the humanity is so, you know, that's, that was what the whole thing was about because we were all pre-law, you know, and, and everyone, you know, had these huge dreams. That's what we, you know, we're going to fix this. And then understanding that a court case, it, it exemplifies a shift, but then we don't see the people who are actually on the front lines shifting. And it's yeah. the faces of these women that you've picked. And, you know, that's, that's one example, but you've, you know, picked so many. And as I was you know, I saw your post on Believers in Business, I click onto your website. And I just sat there and I was like, I don't know who three of these women are. And I really should, you know, and, and, you know, she's one example. And every single one of them is incredible. And the stories are incredible. And the thought that you've put into it is incredible. The pictures, the fact that you can wear it, but what you stand for, you know, and I think it's just so funny to hear your story and be another woman you know, who just gets it, but not even I understood that that communication needed to happen. So this is just crazy to me because like you're, you're making t-shirts and it's so simple to you, but I'm like, wow, God prepared your heart in these huge ways. And now you're on this journey and it's not easy, just like it's not for them, but it's going to be good, you know? Yeah. And I, I totally like, I see that so much now and not that like I'm where I exactly want to be right now, but It was just the pieces that just like blew my mind. And it's so hard to, you know, as a small business owner, because you're always trying to go to the next place. So it's so hard to like sometimes stop and see where you've been and to really reflect over like, like I remember the end of last year, a friend kind of shot like a little commercial for me. 
And it was like really good. Like she's amazing. She's moving to like LA to work on movies and all of that. And I was thinking this year, I was just laying in bed, looking at the ceiling, having one of those moments. And I was like, God, this time last year, all it was was shirts. Like there was a time when there was no website. There was a time when there was no commercial, you know, all these things that like God did and even prepared, you know, like I get to do my own marketing because I got that job like in marketing. And I, so I don't, I don't pay anyone for that. And that's such a blessing to me because for so long, it's like, God, how am I going to do this, 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 this? How am I going to be all of the hats that come into a whole business, you know? Yeah. And for him to bless me and say, well, you'll, you'll be those, or I'll teach you. Like, I'll be the coach. Like, I'll give you the strategy. And so that, that was such a huge blessing to me. But when I think about Elizabeth Eckford, another big thing for me is she was a kid. These were kids. (laughs) And so like, you know, when it comes to purpose and things like that, like, There's no age on it. No, that's a good word. Yeah. When it's time to step into it, it's just time. And so through all of this, like, like I said, I I just, I find it such an honor to honor them. And even with my logo and everything, I got even aligned that for me. It was a big deal for me. I wanted a African-American woman to do my logo. Yeah. And I wanted it to be a kind of like an illustration because I wanted little black girls to see themselves on the packaging. And so I scoured Instagram and the girl who made my logo came from Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Totally. No, it's same, honestly. And it's funny when God wants you to do something, he makes it happen. And you know, you just said, I'm a business coach. I'm kind of like it's business and life because if your life is off balance, your business can't flourish. And if your life is your business, you have no life. And it's so funny because what I tell my girls all the time and my guys, God, it's God. Like heavenly strategy, that's what you want, right? God is the best coach. I can hold space for you, but you got to be with him to get where you want to go. And saying all of this, it's, it's just proof. He's going to align the path. He's going to give you those small words, even in your mind of maybe it's you, you know, but you have to listen. You have to march up just like Elizabeth did, right? Like we have to still do it and partner with him. And you're doing that in a really cool way. And I mean, I love all of your shirts and we can't go through every single one of them, but I want to. So (laughs) hopefully we can get to a place or like maybe we can do a video or something, but I want their stories to be elevated because they deserve to be elevated. So thank Mm -hmm. you for even sharing hers. And it just like hits home in a whole new way, which is really cool. And being able to wear that and exemplify that, what a cool call. Even just putting it on, like you get to do that. So thank you for creating a space for us to do that. And I invite everyone who's listening to understand that there's a reason you're hearing what you're hearing. Those little God nudges in your head, they're there for a purpose and he's going to make a way. It's not always going to be easy, but the best things in life, just like the things in your shirt, they're not easy, right? So just like your business, you're just, you're really, really living your message. And I see you and I just want to like acknowledge it. And I think from there, I want to know, I had all these questions, but like, this was it, right? Like this is your journey and this is what matters. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how can we support you as you build this? So you can support me by buying (laughs) t-shirts. Like, I I really, of course, I want to sell more shirts, but I want to get the message out. I want you to share it with your friends and family. I want you to know, like, 
that these shirts are not just for Black women, that this is American history that we're sharing. And this is something that can inspire anyone. So yes, the main thing I want you to do is buy the shirt. The second thing is to, you know, follow me on Instagram at Shop Resilient Grace. I want to connect with you guys. Like I have been, I get so excited when I get DMs about history or like the person on the shirt. I do want to say that the shirts each come with the history. So if it's not like you have to see it on the website and go back and try to reference, I send you a card with the history on it so that you know. And then I also, I encourage you to do some research on your own. It's so many cool things. Like if you're not a reader, so much is on YouTube. It literally takes like two minutes for you to type in a name and, you know, get like a five minute documentary. We didn't get this history when we were in school. And so now as adults, we are trying to learn it. And it can be a little bit like, well, I'll never learn all of that because I'm no longer in school. But the thing is, we have to start somewhere. And it's like when we were kids, how did we learn Bible stories? The kids Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, we have to start somewhere. And why not start with like a cool shirt? It's a great entry point. <laughs> yeah, like we, we all like like t-shirts and things like that. But yeah, that is definitely like the place to begin. And yeah, like I just like to connect with you. Absolutely. Yes. So we'll link everything in the show notes so you guys can have easy access to go find all of the amazing shirts and all of these different social channels. I'll put your personal and then your shops as well. So from there, I just really want to say thank you for being here. And, you know, as someone who is in a lot of history classes, just like you, you know, I was always really empowered when my teachers would say that history doesn't, we talk about history, so it doesn't repeat itself. Mm -hmm. but so that it makes us better and you know that invitation at the end like that's an opportunity to get better because i really think the most brilliant people they don't learn from their mistakes they don't learn from you know like circumstances as much as they learn from other people and the patterns that have happened before them so anyway um thank you for creating something that seamlessly allows us all to learn and just be better thank you thank you guys so much for listening Thank you for being here.